Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. How can we achieve gender equity for women in top leadership positions? This week, we're diving into this important topic with our special guest, Christina Cleary. Christina, a former chief marketing officer, believes that waiting 200 years for gender equity is simply unacceptable in today's world. So what can we do to speed up the process? That is the focus of this episode as we explore both top-down and bottoms-up approaches to support and accelerate women's path to the top. Let's dive in. Christina Cleary is the founder and chief leadership coach of Excel. Inc., where she is laser-focused on helping women accelerate their success. Her previous position was Chief Marketing Officer at Ceridian, where she led the global marketing organization, culminating in an IPO on the New York and Toronto stock exchanges. As the founder of Excel, she creates products and services to help increase the number of women in senior leadership positions by accelerating their personal and professional journeys through a unique mix of content, collaboration, and coaching. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thanks for having me, Lori. I am so excited to be here. It's my pleasure to join you, and I'm so looking forward to today's discussion. I am too, and I thank you for your time, and I'm so excited about diving in on this and hearing a bit about your journey, you had on your bio, your, one of your big positions was CMO. And mm-hmm. as we talk about gender equality at the top later on in this conversation, you were moving up the ranks for sure. Mm-hmm. And what was it for you that made you decide, you know what, I really, I want to shift into doing, creating my own thing to starting my own business. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting story, and I'm sure a lot of your audience probably had similar thoughts to I did. So you spend a lot of your time and a lot of your career in your in your 20s, in your 30s, working hard, plugging away. And I know a lot of women who are highly driven often think about, maybe I want to start my own business. Maybe I want to do something on the side. And I truly believe that You can have an entrepreneurial spirit and be very successful in a large organization, Mm -hmm. mid-size and small organization, but you can also be very successful on your own. It just depends on what is the right time for you and if that's the right path for you. For me, I had always thought about ideas along the way in my journey of if I were to start a business, what would I do? Would it be in technology? Would it be in services? Mm -hmm. And it all culminated for me in 2018 when I had been working for already over 20 years and I had spent a lot of time traveling. I had spent a lot of time working very long hours and I thought that it was, it was the right time for me to go out on my own and to experience something new. So I actually, I, I didn't go out and leave my corporate position with the goal that I was going to start my own company. I left my position at the time with the intention of taking a sabbatical and taking some Mm. time off to check off some bucket list items, et cetera. So I went and learned how to play hockey, learned how to ride a horse. Um, (laughs) But during that time, I networked a lot. I met with a lot of people. And I had always loved 
my positions of leadership and working with people and coaching other people. So that's when I did get my coaching certification because I also have a, a deep love of learning and just ended up um, starting my business by having people reach out to me, finding out what I was doing and started coaching my network, which led to me founding this business, which is specifically focused on women and supporting their journeys. And I'm absolutely loving every minute of it so far. That's amazing. I think people sometimes misunderstand or, or just see kind of the end result of somebody's journey and assume that they knew exactly what they wanted to do when they yeah. switched paths. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the case, it's so interesting to hear various perspectives on this because a lot of the people I talked to didn't know what they were going to, wouldn't have been able to look into a crystal ball and see it exactly the way that it turned out. But there was something there that was drawing them to make a change. Absolutely. And I think that that change could be leaving a corporate position and becoming an entrepreneur. The change could be leaving an existing, very comfortable position for a promotion. It could be changing companies. And I love to talk to my clients about what I see as windows of opportunities and that you mm -hmm. never know when the window of opportunity is going to present itself. But how you react to that window can change the course of your life, can change your career trajectory. It could be a conversation with a new person. It could be simply a connection on LinkedIn, et cetera. So it's these windows of opportunities that we're faced with every day that you really have to be intentional about some of them and how you react to them could potentially change your trajectory forever. This is so interesting because I... I deeply believe in what you're saying. And what's interesting is, is for my personal life, I've always kind of been fascinated by how one decision or one opportunity could completely change the, the course, the path of your life. And so the example that and we're getting a little off track here, but I want to share this. The example that I have is that when I went to school to get my MBA, I was scheduled to be in a certain cohort. It was going to be Monday, Wednesday. And I had a colleague who was doing Tuesday, Thursday, and he convinced me to switch. He was like, you should switch and we can do this and, and all this. So I ended up asking, requesting to switch. And I ended up meeting my husband in that program. And so I just, and, and a lot of my friends today, and I know it, it, you go through a program like that with the purpose of also making very deep connections and networks, but a lot of the friends to my, to this day that I still keep in touch with were from that cohort. And right. so I, I think about what if I would have just stayed yeah. in Monday, what the first, what was yeah. given to me originally. So I'd like to switch gears here a bit, Christina. and. Talk about gender equality at the top. And this is one of those topics that has been coming up a lot more lately in the news and conversations and things that have people are looking at this because not only are women wanting those positions, I think people are starting to pay attention to the not only the importance of having diverse perspectives on at the top of leadership and the importance of that. And so you see things out there, focuses like your company supporting women to do this, but also like organizations like Chief that were designed to support women to have stronger networks yeah. and 
resources. So from your perspective and having been a, a CMO, how how's is this going? Are we are we making progress? Where are we at right now? So to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I started my company was due to complete frustration with the system and with statistics. Hearing 200 years till gender pay equity is going to happen, 140 years until we get power and leadership equity at the top. And to me, I hear those statistics and it's not okay. Like we know it's yeah. going to take 200 years. If we know that, why is it going to take 200 years? And I know that these things take time, but to me, 200 years seems absolutely ludicrous, right. particularly in today's world with all of the technology we have, with all of the intellect that we have and people in power that we have. I'm doing my part with a, with a small business and trying to drive that change one woman at a time, because I truly believe this needs to be not only a top down movement, but a ground up movement mm -hmm. where women need to take the initiative and can drive change themselves as well. Unfortunately, in every role that I had, no matter what the industry, there were always a handful, a very small handful of women at the top, including myself in my last position. And so I had a very deep interest in running the Women's Employee Resource Group and trying to figure mm -hmm. out the tools and the resources that women need. And if you look at the latest McKinsey Lean-In study, it's showing that at the bottom of organizations and even in the middle, it's about 48%, 50-50 gender equity when it comes to the roles. But when you get to the top, it's 24% and below, which is really, it is frustrating. So there's this leaky pipeline of women to the top. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how can we plug those holes in that leaky pipeline and keep more women in the system. Like you say, we know there's tremendous advantages to organizations that are gender diverse at the top. So what can we do to plug those holes? And I'm hoping that my programs and services that are supporting women with the content, with the coaching and the community and the collaboration that they need with other women will help to do that and keep as many women as possible in the pipeline and also support them on their journey to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's important, as you mentioned, that we look at it from both both lenses, top down and bottom up. And the, you know, if we wait for companies to catch up on their own, we're going to be waiting for a long time. And there there has to be things we can do as individuals, as women, if we want to move up. And I know that's not the path that's right for everybody. First, for me, it's always about decision and being intentional about your decision because sometimes we hear, and I, I've talked to a person on my podcast previously who she, she made it to the top. She made it to CEO and she did it because she thought that's what she was supposed to do. And when she got there, she realized that it wasn't for her. So I think the first step is is really thinking yeah. through, is this the path for me? Yeah. And then if that is true for you or you feel like you, that's your your passion and what how you want to focus in on your career. At that point, what can women start to do to position themselves to not fall out of that leaky middle? Because I saw that too. And it was just like, Part of it was there was a point where women were not getting promoted to that next level. And so then they couldn't, 
they weren't ready to be pulled up all the way to the top, right? Like they're not getting that yeah. that experience. It's an interesting. It's an interesting step for sure. Is really being intentional and going through that visionary process of where you want to be and why you want to do it and why it's important to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that in all the leadership programs that I run, we walk through kind of vision and goals at the beginning along with the mindset work because it's true. Like a lot of women that come into the program, they think, oh, the next step for me is partner at this law firm or at this accounting firm or this consulting firm. And then they come out of the program. They're like, actually, I don't want that. Or they might come to the program with, yes, I want that, but I want it to look differently than the role models that I see at the top because they're not spending time with their families. So Mm -hmm. a couple of like factors at play here is the more women we get to the top, then we'll be able to see role models who are making it all work and might ha- might be spending their way differently than the role models we see at the top right now. I also think that's an important consideration when women are thinking about whether the top is is where they want to be or not. I, I specifically had a client go through my program last year and she was in tears on the last day th- saying that the program was so transformational for her because she was on partner track and she had decided before she took the program she didn't want to be a partner. By the end of the program, she's I want to be a partner. Like, that's what I've always wanted. But I thought I couldn't do it because I see how the role models ahead of me and nobody is a mother. Nobody is a parent. Nobody is like working less than 16 hour days. But I'm going to do it and I'm going to redefine what that means. And I'm going to be a role model for other women who are looking to get to the top. So I think that we're in this huge opportunity phase at all generations for women to support one another and to kind of redefine what some of those roles even look like at the top. I cannot emphasize that point enough. I just can't. When I was in corporate, I self-selected out of a lot of opportunities because I decided that I couldn't live my life and prioritize my family and have the balance I wanted if I were to take those positions. But what I didn't see was that just because there isn't a person in that position that is doing it successfully in the manner that is a, a role model is that we could be the leader, become the leader that you wish you had, yeah, become that role model. And we need to start creating more opportunities for women to come in. And there is a bit about flexibility in the culture of wherever that is to allow for that, because I know some cultures are very, very hard to change. And so it's not like we're saying, yeah, just go into this position and act however you want, because I know that's not easy. Right. But, but in order for us to make real progress, if we want to see more women at the top, we have to show that it's possible for that woman to have the legs that they want and be in that position or we're going to self-select out and that's okay. what I hear is the that woman you're just speaking of she was at that point where she's I can't do this yeah exactly and it's unfortunate because there are I think that that's I guess it's unfortunate and it's opportunistic and exciting that we do have the ability to kind of pave the way and to be those role models for the next generation as well to see that there is a different way of doing things, that you can try and do it a different way. And like you said, it has to be within an organization that is willing to support that type of culture. I can't, I can't 
I can't tell you the number of times I've been part of an executive team where the executive team meetings are either at 8 a.m. or 6 p.m. And mm -hmm. it's any working professional mother knows that those times are virtually impossible to make if you need to be there for your children. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to change those executive times unless you get somebody who is a working professional mother at the top who recognizes, listen, we got to make these times work for everybody, particularly if they're in person. Obviously, like things the way that they are now, there's an opportunity to work for which increases the flexibility. But that's just like a very specific tactical example. If you get somebody who is a role model, who knows the circumstances of women, particularly working mothers, and they can drive the change in simple things like meeting times, for example. Yeah, a lot of those little, little details are very impactful, right? Like, well, I can't really make this meeting without having to drop off my kid or then you just have to have somebody else do it. And then you feel guilty that you're all the mom guilt for not being there for your kids. And it just starts to escalate from there. So what can we do as women if, if I've decided I would like to move up the chain and, and my path is to move up and become one of those role models for others? What, what are some of the key elements that you've decided, okay, these are the things that somebody needs to sort of think through, do, get supported in? What do yeah. you see there? Yeah. So I think, there's, I think there's two pieces to that particular question. One is the things that women can actually do themselves. And we're living in an age where there is access to information and resources like there never was, you know, even mm -hmm. 10, 20 years ago. Women have the ability to tap into tools, to tap into communities, into coaches that can really support their journey. Now, of course, if somebody wants to move up, I want to come back to your point where you do need to ensure you're in the right organization and culture that is going to support that. So there's a few things. One is like ensuring that you understand what your network is. And I like to encourage women to build a personal board of directors. Although the most successful companies in the world have amazing board of directors. Why do they have them? Because they're drawing on talented individuals that are bringing experience from other industries, from years and years of experience, from other roles, et cetera. But that's a support system for the organization. So I like to think of individuals as having a personal board of directors too. And those are people both inside your organization and outside your organization. People that you can lean on who are going to support you, who are going to sponsor you, who are going to look out for your best interest, who you can call in a time of conflict. And you can build that personal board of directors with people that you know. You can reach out to people and ask for connection. You can hire people, whether they be mentors or coaches. You can join online communities. You can join courses, et cetera. So there's a lot of things that we can do as individuals to support our journey. The second piece is, organizations themselves need to invest in their women and provide them with access to the tools that we need. And this is one of my areas of deep frustration is mm -hmm. we see more and more organizations saying they support diversity, equity, and inclusion. Look, we sponsor this event. What's a year? Yeah. Great. Yes. You're like a sponsor and you slap your logo on and you can say you support diversity, equity, and inclusion, but really working for an organization that has a strong culture, programs, employee resource groups, budget to support the development of their women, I think is really important as well. So I think it's important as women that we 
A, build our personal support system and really put an effort into tapping into the tools and resources we need. And then B, organizations supporting and providing tools to women. And as women, we can choose to work for those organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, it, it makes so much sense around getting the support we need for ourselves. And the thing I want to add there is, and I, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, but sometimes we as women don't like to ask for help and get support. We like to do a lot of things on our own and we can do so much on our own. And I totally understand that I'm not one to reach out to others to ask for support. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, most people, especially senior leaders, have support and a lot of support. And so it is not expected that you make it up navigate that path on your own it isn't it, and it is the support is so important and it's it's there for you if you would like to invest in it or find take the time to tap into your network etc on the company side i was i was nodding my head at you because we're just like there's so many companies right now talking the talk and not walking the walk. And I know it's hard because it's culture is hard to change. And the the point where we struggle with a bit in seeing what companies are doing is that we're expecting so much more for women. We're talking about, oh, we want more women on the board. We want more women doing this. We want maybe your maybe companies are even promoting women to these positions but they're not supporting them. They're not giving them the tools to be successful and the training and the coaching. And the and so when they fall flat or maybe they're feeling the, the imposter syndrome that has been talked about so much lately is because we're pushing on women to be more, do more, and they are, but because they're not supported, they get this feeling that that they're not ready or they can't or they haven't. And so I think if we can work on both, that would be amazing. What are you seeing there with your clients around this idea of imposter syndrome? Has that been coming up often for you? Absolutely. I mean, I think the latest statistics I saw was like 70% of people in the world suffer from some form of imposter syndrome, even the most successful actors and actresses that you see out there. And you see a lot of quotes, especially on social media. Excuse me. So I would say one of the, the modules and a lot of the programs that I work through, there is a pretty heavy mindset element because even the most successful people like myself, when I was at a C-level organization, when I went out on my own, it was a change of things. And it's so you start to have these thoughts of, can I go out on my own? I've always worked for somebody. I'm not good enough to go out on my own. I'm not smart enough to go out on my own. Like whatever form that your imposter syndrome might show up as, it is prevalent. And I think that it's specifically prevalent in the, the population of women that I work with and that I communicate with. And I think that's one of the best things about ensuring you're part of a community is it's amazing what can happen with those thoughts when you know others have them and when others have your back and are supporting you, how quickly those thoughts can be turned from ones of negativity to ones of opportunity and positivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's such an important point. 
because oftentimes when we're in this place of can I do it, gosh, it's it's a stretch for me or whatever it is, we forget that that is just part of being human. Yeah. And and I love to think about it in terms of if you're feeling imposter syndrome or that kind of uncertainty or doubt, good job. Like you are not being complacent. You are not just doing the same thing every day. You're trying to grow. You're trying to learn. You're trying to expand. And these things will come up when you're doing that. And so it's almost I want to say a badge of honor, but you know what? You're you're doing something hard and and good for you. Yeah. I love that. When you are uncomfortable, that is definitely when you are growing and you're going through mm-hmm. a change. And I think that one of the most valuable concepts that I that I've learned and that I work with my clients on is this idea of this thought loop. And I don't know if you if you're familiar with that, but it's very easy for our brains and our emotions to essentially protect ourselves with these negative thoughts, right? Because mm-hmm. if we don't do something, if we don't change, then we're safe. So it's very hard to break through and to have the courage to take that leap per, the, per your uh, podcast title, mm-hmm. Dare to Leap. And if you, if you take that leap, what I would recommend is like being intentional about your thoughts and emotions around that because this thought wheel essentially goes like this. You have a thought. Um, And it typically comes from your core beliefs. And that thought will drive your emotions, which drive your behavior and produce the results. So if you start with a negative thought, then you're going to have negative emotions. You're going to have negative action and negative results. But you turn that the other way. And if you can work really hard to produce a positive thought, then you're driving positive emotion. You're driving change and action leading to the result that you want. So it's just a very simple tool when you catch yourself with whether it be imposter syndrome or a negative thought to really think that through and try and reframe that in another way that would better support the actions that you want actually and results that you want to drive. Yeah, this this is really powerful because I, I'm a big believer in the importance of mindset and and your how your thinking manifests out into the world. And sometimes we get caught up with external things. I would like to go get that next position. I would like to get that raise. I would like, but the, the where it starts really is, is you're, you're thinking about that, you're, you're feeling about that, and then your, your actions and how it comes through. And so it's not that it's impossible to get the promotion when you have negative thoughts. But you don't have to make it so hard on yourself by beating yourself up along the way, right? Why not make grease the the, the wheel a bit and yeah. make it a little bit less of a struggle by that shifting mindset. your thinking? Exactly. That mindset can be a tool for success for you. Mm-hmm. Christina, we're going to start to wrap up our interview here a bit. I'd love to hear your any last closing thoughts you have for women out there in the middle of their career, thinking through what are, what am I doing? Where should I go? What what comments do you have for them? Sure. I think that it's a really important message for women to hear that they're not alone. That if you're thinking something, 
chances are there's a lot of other women having the same thoughts. So you're not alone. So truly, to your point earlier, people want to help other people. So it's not only that you need to reach out to people for help and that you don't need to be in this alone, but people generally want to help you. So once you start reaching out, I wouldn't be surprised if women are surprised with all of the help and support they will actually get. So don't be afraid to actually reach out for help because people genuinely have, have an interest to help other people. I truly believe that. Not all the time, but I, I do truly believe deep down people want to help other people. I also think that there's a changing tide when it comes to in the past women have been competitors of one another. And mm -hmm. I think it's important as women, when we rise and when we experience success, that we bring other women up with us. So I would encourage women who are in more senior positions of power and leadership that they remember to support other women and to bring them up along their journey and to support them as much as possible. So I think that no matter what your goals are and your vision is for your life, I would say just a gentle reminder that you're in the driver's seat to make that happen and to not be afraid to tap into tools and to people to help make that a reality. Yes. Thank you for that. I, I love that so much. And a big part of this podcast is that you are the driver of your life mm -hmm. and in an empowering way, just back to, is this even something you want? What is it that you want? Like at the base level of your day-to-day -day life, come back to you and make yourself the most important thing. And it's not selfish. It is not selfish. And, and so that is where we want to start. And as Christina said so beautifully, support is there if you're ready and willing and open to it. Thank you for that, Christina. Where can our listeners reach out to you, connect with you, learn more yeah. about your work? I would love to connect with as many of you as possible. You can find me on LinkedIn at Christina Cleary. That's a Christina with a K and Cleary with a C. And my website is excel.com, which stands for Accelerate Her. L is her in French. So A-C-C-E-L-L-E.com. And you can subscribe to my newsletter. I tried to provide as much value as possible. I share all of my tools and resources. So I would love to see all of you on LinkedIn or on my newsletter. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.